Hello, everybody. Welcome back to B Tech Philosophers, episode 56. Six. 56, I got oh, it right. I got the shit chair, man. I never get the episode number right. But um, here, it's me, Michael Odawale, Elliot Still. Yeah, We've got up? special guests in the building. Ed Knight, everybody, with hey, the asthma post going, of Slime Country. A very, very Slime funny podcast. podcast. I haven't seen an asthma pump in years. I still. I still, I'm, I'm keeping the ventilin industry alive. Really? I used to have asthma as a kid, but I beat it. You beat it? I, I just, the allegation. just manifestation. <laughs> Did you have to ring a little bell at the- I was like, fuck. <laughs> 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 I manifested. <laughs> no, I beat asthma. Yeah, I, beat, I beat asthma. <laughs> you ring, you ring a little bell, everyone comes out, a load of wheezing cases trying to clap. Yeah. <laughs> I made That's it out, man. How long you had asthma? Uh, since I was a kid, I've, I've, I've just sort of like, it's gone, um, it's more well controlled now, but I, I smoke and stuff, which is just bad for it. Yeah, yeah. I've got asthma. Do you know famous people with asthma? Uh, David Beckham. David Beckham. That's all I had. And uh, all of Liverpool's team. <laughs> the whole Liverpool. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. allegation that they're like, they're on uh, roids and stuff. They're all juicing. Yeah. That's not, oh shit, my headphones are just. They're all taking, yeah, they're all like puffing so I'm having technical issues all over the place here. Just my, use my it bad. without them. Um... No, there we go. We're good. We're good. But why, like, I don't believe that because, like, why would that not just be found out straight away? I think. I and think also, they're really shit right now. The drugging, the doping in sport is better than the catching. There's more money in hiding the doping than there is catching the dope. You don't gain, there's no money in catching athletes taking drugs. There is money. In taking drugs, I thought that it was all like I thought the margins at the top now were so slim that all the kind of uh, what you would consider like um, uh, like a performance enhancing edge are like all sorts of like experimental super proteins that they just send someone to your house and pump you full of while you're playing PlayStation. Yeah, it was just like diet controls and stuff like that. My 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 cousin used to play for the under twenty ones for a Premier League team, and he's like, as soon as he started. Zaha. He's my cousin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I yeah, see there was something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was Palace. And yeah. as soon as he started, it was like um, he oh, was being on a, white a boy like, in Palace super strict yeah. diet. Mm. Like super fucking, he was like on um, what they call intermittent fasting. Yeah. And he had to have like, it was like he was, he had to have like 8,000 calories a day, but only between like 12 and 2 wow. p.m. 8,000? It was something crazy. Like it was huge because he was doing like so much exercise. The yeah. macros was, were checked so much. It was really crazy. I had no idea it was that like, yeah, that mad even for like the under 21s and stuff. Uh, did you reckon they make it as as hard as that to sort of uh, at the final stage of breaking in that they make it even harder and harder to see who's really about it i don't know maybe but it's just like yeah because nowadays to to play at the top level especially in like a top league you have to i, I guess you just have to not like non-stop when you're you hear about every footballer has like a personal chef and stuff mm. who just cooks all their meals to like an incredibly specific yeah. and like when you're at home you just have like like icing cryo and massage machines just non-stop it makes it all the more ridiculous when you got people like at the games online be like oh he's not trying hard enough I'm like, yeah he's right. at the top of his game like. i since doing stand-up comedy and doing like and meeting like professional athletes through like jiu-jitsu and mma and stuff mm. yeah i've realized i don't have a fucking clue what i'm talking about when it comes to sport mm. and then i go to the palace and i sit there and I listen to people critique a game, and I'm like, "Yeah, we were talking about this on the Patreon." Like, it, Andrew Mensa knows a lot about football. Mm. Have you ever spoke? We were saying this on the Patreon. If you ever say something to Mensa, and he's like, 
what the fuck are you talking about? You suddenly realize I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And he only has a slight more clue of what he's talking about than me. Yeah. Like he's not a professional footballer, but he yeah. still has an insight. Into I've football. never really spoke to him about football. I, I've, I met him like for like three seconds briefly at a gig once. But yeah, when, when I spoke to my cousin about it, I was like, Asking him questions that I thought were smart, and it's just like I I know fuck all about. Well, it's it's like it's like playing with somebody. If you ever played with somebody at a national league, Mm. you managed to play seven aside of them. They're like, Mm. oh my gosh, like the golf here is incredible. And then you imagine the golf between a national league and a Premier League footballer, Mm -hmm. and an average Premier League footballer and Lionel Messi, and you're like, your mind's just. It makes what Jack Wilshere was able to do probably even more impressive. He was like able to smoke, you know, twenty Marlboro Reds before every game, yeah. and still play with the big boy. Bro, that guy is like the proper like Zanti footballer, and yeah, like yeah, I love you it. know, he was going on like a lad's holiday. <laughs> you know, like every, you know, like when they were doing like one of those footballer camps where they yeah. go away do a bonding experience that someone was having to keep an eye on Will shit. <laughs> well, that's how the, the Leicester team they bonded just. Um, fucking strippers in um, Thailand. Well, that's how they got in trouble. Mm. Yeah, that, that's why they won the league that year. Yeah, exactly. They had to sack the manager, didn't they? They had to sack the manager. Brought in Ranieri. It makes it even more impressive that like people in the seventies and stuff were able to like you know like smoke fags and drink pints on the touchline at halftime and still be like the most prolific goal scorer of all time. I, I reckon I could get in a nineteen sixty five. Football team. I mean, I'm, maybe no, not for maybe. politically. <laughs> <laughs> we were they talking have me for... on the Patreon, right? We were talking about what kind of footballer would you be, uh. and Mike decided he wanted to be the first openly bisexual footballer. Mm. Turns out, just because he wanted the plaudits of being a gay footballer, uh-huh. but without any of the gayness. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> so he wanted everyone to be like he's very okay. brave and like cheering his name, but then to not actually do any of the gay stuff. I would say Messi. I'd want to be Messi. You'd want to be Messi. Yeah, I want to be Messi. I mean, like. Um, I think that I would I was I was thinking recently actually I thought I would make an amazing 1970s footballer yeah and I th- I think I would think that until I got hit with the leather ball yeah and oh. then I would be like oh yeah. no I can't and and to get like a yellow card back then you'd have to do like some <laughs> hell in the cell yeah you'd have goal, to like jump get, off the goal flying yeah, exactly, elbow yeah. someone and and just like watching like watching looking out and seeing like those old football grounds you've got like 50,000 like men with Chelsea smiles in full suits looking at you and smoking a fag. You'd be oh, like, man, the really pressure would be so high. Fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you like win a trophy, but you still have to go back to the mine. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're like working in one of those old fashioned oh, yeah, market yeah. When yeah. the documentary comes out, he wasn't just a fantastic centre half, he was a brilliant postman. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't yeah, yeah, just yeah. deliver good letters, he could also deliver a goal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he was on three shillings a week. <laughs> yeah, there's, I bought, um, I've, I went to um, this market for, for Christmas. I bought my dad like um just part of his what I bought my dad. I was at this market and there was this guy selling like old football programs, and I found um I found a program for a testimonial game, uh, Palace versus Bruges Ooh. from like 1962, um and it was crazy because it had in the program it had all the Bruges players and also what their other jobs were because none of them were full time. Uh, wow, it was so weird. It's like this guy is a clerk at a bank as well as being the number ten for for RFC Bruges. Fucking crazy. So weird. We're talking about the the pressure of things. Yeah, we talked about this just off pod. We did like a the JFL auditions just mm-hmm. the last. Auditions. Yeah, we did. 
I don't know if we're like so. What's JFL? Just for, for those who don't know. Uh, just for laughs. That's why I said the just for laughs. Or, well, and it's tax in, deductible by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's in uh, it's in Montreal. It's like it's, a famous. Mm. It's a yeah. It's a very well known uh, comedy festival. Like sort of uh, probably that and the Fringe. Yeah, yeah, I think are so. The two biggest. But just for laughs seems more like a, a like a slick professional affair. Yes, you have to be invited to Just For Laughs. Yeah. You can't be a student improv troupe who mm, give it a mm, go, yeah, exactly. uh, which is what 90% of the fringe is. It's like the Melbourne Comedy Festival is largely run by that one company who looks after the entire thing. Right, yeah. You know, it's uh, like, it seems that's, that Just For Laughs might be a bit more like yeah, that. Yeah, there's no crime scene improvisation at Just For Laughs. Well, maybe. But maybe. <laughs> How did your auditions go? It was... Uh, we were saying this off pop. What do you want to say? Good, uh, good for what the gig was. Yeah, it's, it was. It's, it was in like um, it was in like an all bar one. At, at like there were two of them. We were on the three p.m. one, and there was one right before us at one p.m. And so it's like you know, it's um, it was uh, it, it was. It's been ages since I've done six minutes. I think that was the hardest yeah. thing. A lot of us were talking about that before. It's eight comics and an MC in an hour long show so it was like really like bang 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 um but yeah it was all right it was like there was the audience was much nicer than i expected them to be i the thought it was going to cool. be like you know when you do like a free fringe lineup show at like 1 p.m and it's like oh, what well, did you guys this, you know? come up doing comedy competitions yes right a couple so, of them yeah right so did you, it take you back to that i used to hate that thing where you're like wanting another comic to do bad just so you can do well because i used to have that when i was young Mm. I'll be coming up like I just want you to do better. So I, because in my head I was like maybe that make my set seem better. I think I'm. I sort of. Uh, I'm. I'm. I. I didn't have that for the just for laughs thing. I did. I made it quite clear as well. <laughs> he was like staring, at, staring yeah, everyone yeah. down before they went on. It was more like because everybody there, unlike when you do comedy competitions, when you're like starting out and stuff, everybody there largely everyone's like a pro and you've known them for like ten years. And you're, you're. It was more like you. There were lots of people you know I hadn't seen for a while. I hadn't seen a few yeah, for cool. ages, and that was nice and stuff. Or you know I hadn't seen like Eleanor for ages and shit. And so it's nice to just go like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What we all doing but sometimes you surprise yourself when like those feelings mm. come up again. You're like, oh, I thought I was past that, but them them. I got more that... nervous than I thought I would. Right, yeah. yeah. Nervous before I, it. I was when I went on stage. Mm. I realised like, fuck, like yeah. I'm I'm not in my usual like chill headspace. Manner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I think it's also because you're like I was. You're hyper aware, although you are with sort of like friends and colleagues that you've known for a while. You are all hyper aware that you're all there to like impress somebody yes. and nobody wants to have a bad gig in front of esteemed colleagues mm. you know it's yeah. like you don't want to be the the one that like bombs yeah. at that gig. do you know what i mean but that's it's not it doesn't really matter nobody cares is I, it endless slots are you all fighting for one place i don't know uh, who knows but i i just to, to touch on what you just oh, yeah, said yeah. there like i feel that and i felt that when i went and did these gigs in leger and this is something that's completely in my own head as a mm -hmm. comic but like I'm more of like internet comedy, Instagram mm -hmm. kind of person, and everyone else there was like live at the Apollo mm -hmm. or like on TV shows. So I feel like I've got to represent a little bit harder because I'm like not that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. more of a like build it on my own back comic, which I enjoy doing. But I'm not like recognized in terms of the the main industry yeah. as good. No, but nobody else there is doing material about like Daniel with the white vans and stuff. What do you, mean? you know, you've got to do like all the young people material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I, I feel like that sometimes too. But like, 
I think it's like that's an old reference, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah, I like you got that. I don't get it. Um, you remember that show? Oh, remember that Vine? Damn, Daniel. Oh okay, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. That is sorry, nowhere sorry. near modern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best compliment I've ever had is from another comic telling me that my, they thought my material was like internet-y. I liked that. Oh, good. Do you find that when you go like abroad and stuff, like you, I have better shows like in different countries to crowds our age than I do to like older crowds in this country? Yes, uh, uh, I. That's why I'm at top secret all the time because uh-huh. I'm obviously I've got 10 years in the game so I'm of some level of good but I, I am also performing to people who are around about my age sure, which yeah. I didn't grow up with I had to go to these off the curb gigs that uh-huh. were full of 40 year olds who didn't want to see me guys we're young vets we're young yeah, vets we're we young are vets. well this is the thing I was thinking about. about as well it's it's weird because like um, you know you talk about all the online stuff I've been doing a bit more of that recently, and obviously, I w- everybody wishes they got in. Very, very. I like, I like your stuff. Yeah, your stuff. You, 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 Paddy Young, Horatio, and Andrew Cohen are the two groups of the best ske- sketch makers Thank in Britain you. at the Making moment. Oh, come shit. on, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Hundred percent, man. But you should do more yeah. stuff about people from Clapham. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what is what's weird about it is that like we've because we're all young, but we've all been going a long time. Mm. Um, at it's, I, I was talking to somebody recently about all these videos and stuff, and they were asking me what like the online landscape was like when I started, and I realized they, they, they didn't exist. Like, I, I didn't have Instagram until I was like a year into doing comedy. Yeah. Yes. It just what it wasn't the same. Like, there's a, I think there's um, for people that started maybe two, three, four years after us, there's an expectation from when you very first started that you would have to be across everything, socials and stuff. Very good. I feel like it's something I've had to learn rather than something I kind of innately had, you know? Yeah, well, I was I was always the, the, the route to success. What was deemed success is you do Edinburgh, mm-hmm. you then get put, uh, you then do the ITV2 shows. If you uh-huh. survive them, you then get to do the BBC shows. If you're liked on them, you get to become a regular and then you start touring. Yeah, there seems like there was like a funnel, like um, a, a fairly, I, I understood that there was a fairly linear um, type of progress mm. uh, in comedy in this country when I started, which is basically that, like have a couple of good Edinburghs and like do um, shitloads of open spots, as many clubs as you can and, mm. and work your way up to 20s and stuff like that, you know, mm. but it's so different. now. I think that's a very good thing. You think it's a good thing? Yeah, I think it's a good thing because it's not like the other thing doesn't still exist too. Mm. Yeah. But, um, the other thing trying to compete, it's it's quite funny watching that other thing now, someone who has, who's on TV a lot, mm-hmm. but doesn't sell tickets now have to try across online. Mm-hmm. And they can't quite get it. It's quite funny when you see that, when you see someone like not quite understand online and they're trying to... And the, the cool thing with online, like the reason this podcast is doing well and stuff and the main compliment we we get on it, as well, a lot of the lot of things we get slagged off about it, a lot of, uh, a lot of abuse, is, is, is it's authentic. Mm-hmm. There's an authenticity with it. Whereas like, I think people now see TV as... I know of it. Like you look at anything. Like if something's on the TV mainstream, it's just seen as mainstream media, and that's right. not quite a, a, a slanderous term. Like whether it be news or entertainment, mm-hmm. unless it's like a sitcom, you're seen as part of like this mass conglomerate. Like even look at like Gary Lineker on the weekend. Mm-hmm. What's happened with him? He's seen as he just presents a fucking football show, mm. but he's still seen as like a representative of the mainstream establishment. Yeah, it's very strange. I think as like. Um the as like uh, more people kind of get their um, sort of their regular entertainment online, um, there's 
Like I, I mean, I remember when like YouTube and stuff was like incredibly homemade. You won't remember this, Lucas, but but we used to watch something called Smosh. Uh, when dude, when I we love Smosh. I like, you your, like Smosh. I liked your story that you posted. Thanks, about mate. It. Thank you. Yeah, we all love. Well, hey, listen, we all love Smosh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting as a man who has no idea what. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, you guys, you got you got to check out the, the man with a box for a head. This <laughs> <laughs> is like the annoying orange or something. But yeah, 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 yeah. Remember when yeah, the annoying, yeah, yeah. annoying orange, orange was a thing? Had pot Puppet Pals. Or oh, that. Remember that? Yeah. Who was the guy who ended up doing a film with Pixie Lot? What the hell is that? Pixie Lot, that's an artist. Yeah, she was a singer. She had that. Singer, remember yeah. that guy? His name was Fred. 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 Oh, oh my Fred. God. And he yeah. just had a high pitched voice. He was the guy. Fred was the guy. Fred. Fred. And now he's Fred again. Shane Dawson. Fred again. Yeah. yeah. Fred again. Is it actually Dawson. Fred again? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Fred again. <laughs> I, I think there, you're, you're completely correct. There is like um, the more. Uh, a lot of. Um, stuff succeeds online by encouraging um, like willfully or otherwise parasocial relationships with their um, with their you know listener base or their viewer base or whatever I think a lot of people like not just like but have become used to the fact that um, content is like sort of way more personal and seems like it's homemade and like more of a direct line to the people you like and do stuff you like and that I think that's good I'm not sure I, I don't like it me personally for myself mm. with these videos and stuff that me and Paddy have been doing it's the first time I feel like I've had any kind of exposure online and mm. I've been getting some strange messages yeah, <laughs> you get some you, you get people interacting with you in a way like occasionally you, you know you do an hour show at the fringe or something like that or and someone would come up to you and start enthusiastically talking to you as if they uh, knew you personally because right. they watched you yeah. it feels like you're getting that just all the time um, but your, your videos like that's Based on the skill of the writing and the performance, mm. like you're still giving people a work of art. It's not just you being like, "Hey, guys. oh sure, hey, you're my best friend or whatever." Yeah. But also, I think in a way, it is like, you know, we're still doing it at like, um, it's incredibly lo-fi, and we're doing it like at uh, at the flat. So it's like, it, it is kind of intimate in a way. It's, you see, there's yeah, no see. green screen. It's not like formatted like a two shot or like you know, seeing someone's living room. Yeah, yeah. it's weird it's kind of like that because like Ali, who's because I like stuff as well. I think Ali's really good and mm. stuff. And like, um, but Ali's like, uh, he's he's a very good comedian as well. I've always wondered, like, I wonder what some of like Ali's audiences make of his because like he got in trouble over the weekend for being like just on uh, what was it? All I do is fail. Where oh, really? he was, yeah, yeah, because they put, up, they put up a clip where he was like, on International Women's Day, I'm gonna finally come out as a feminist, or so it was just like a funny little bit, right? And all the comments were like people taking it seriously and stuff. Uh -huh. And I felt, whereas I was getting shit about the cyclists, my brand, my brand, I can tell someone, like, I hope you get run over, <laughs> but, but Ali's yeah, nice, yeah, <laughs> like, thing, yeah. like, Ali, like, I, like, I was saying, like, I had, the sketches are quite inoffensive just yeah, every yeah, day just, in the office <laughs> yeah they're not like he's not being a he's not being an arsehole on them so then when he puts up a clip where he's playing a little bit of an arsehole like the abuse he was getting like people like you've let me down i'm like yeah Dude, exactly you That's don't so know weird. this guy like, expectation management is very very strange it's very difficult as well when like uh, uh patty and i did a live show and and then we uploaded this first video and it went crazy and the show we it was meant to be just two of us doing like work in progresses and then the video went crazy and the show sold out and we started kind of really getting in our own heads like none of these people know that we're stand-up comedians can we still mm. do a stand-up comedy show but yeah like last night i put up a stupid video that i made about the queen where like uh i green screened out the queen's uh, dress and, mm -hmm. and replaced it with that guy that's danced around kind of like they got loads of dms i got this one dm it's so funny um 
um, from some guy that messaged me before, <laughs> like giving me advice on what to do in the videos with Paddy. And he was like, didn't like that one about the queen. Lack of class, I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck are you talking about, you maniac? You get people who are, I got this over the weekend, like fans of my dad going to my dad. Uh -huh. I used to be a fan of your comedy, but your son. <laughs> my, That's they mental. Were, they were shitting your dad's They were tickets. so upset about what I said <laughs> that they cancelled tickets to see my That's dad. That's really funny. That's so <laughs> funny. And people are going to do that with me and Paddy. Paddy's going to start getting my strays i think yeah paddy's gonna start because paddy's the innocent one in our videos oh. and i'm the naughty boy yeah, yeah so he's gonna start uh i'll be okay but if paddy starts acting up then he's the one that's gonna get extremely cancelled it's, it's interesting something to think about because people always make fun of people like they'd be like i'm a brand right uh, yes any, yeah, any yeah. human being who refers to himself as a brand they always go like Ugh. but it's something to think about in terms of it's like any company if mcdonald's were like all right, get some cheeseburgers, you cunts. Don't want to be like, it's not, it's, true. it's not really what you've been yeah, promoting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's inconsistent. We're bringing out the new McCunt. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Buy the McCunt. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same with a person who's kind of presenting themselves in the same way. If you're, if you're not with what you've been presenting, I think, like, as much as being like, oh, people are being ridiculous, it is a bit natural for them to be like, oh, this is not what you sure. sold to me yes what or what i believe you sold to me right this is what the you thing. believe so, you sold so to i am um, this is i might ask you to cut this out of the edit i know this is annoying but but like this wait thing. pause oh, pause wait, wait, pause, wait, wait, pause, pause, pause we don't... Wait. one sec cool yeah if put, yeah go yes. put your glasses on. during the pandemic um, and uh I, I put up um it's a picture on instagram of myself and my girlfriend and uh, somebody i work with at the time i lost lots of followers and shit over it and um uh, somebody that I worked with at the time was like, you should not put pictures of your girlfriend up on, on social media because loads of people who follow you follow you because they think you're single, which is kind of like an ego boost in a way because I never really thought of myself like that. But also... You're a sex symbol, bro. Mm, yeah, people love these quirked up white boys. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they do. A skinny white boy who doesn't look like he's been sleeping. Skinny. skinny. Oh, my goodness. I'm the Morpheus of comedy. Wolfram's <laughs> yeah, Zaha's cousin. Wolfram's yeah, Zaha's cousin. That's why they love me. No, it, but I'd never thought of myself mainly in the way of like of that before i perhaps naively thought that like i saw like my social media accounts was like personal accounts and stuff like that they thought you they you they you thought they liked you for your content yeah i mean like uh, it's sort of not just that but yeah i think you know at the time i didn't have a huge amount of followers and stuff so you think they were like it was put to you that they were unfollowing cause they were under the guys you were single uh-huh that's what the, the that person said to me they like you shouldn't i put up which is crazy to me that's like yeah i agree but i also think it's probably because you're right, like personal account shit. Mm -hmm. um, like loads people, of people just go, yeah. yeah. Loads of people follow you for your content and then they see a picture of you and your girlfriend and they're like, what the fuck am I following this for? Like, is, that, that, is, that, is that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, they, and, and it all, it, it, like I've noticed, like one of the reasons I don't like, put, I, like, I mentioned Darcy on this podcast all the time and she's like, oh, you don't put up too many pictures of us on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't mm -hmm. want some weird people fucking, I want to tag you in so her account's private. I don't want people fucking trying to follow yeah, you because that happens yeah. with people I know's partners in comedy. Yeah. That because I talk about her on this, people then assume they have a relationship yeah. with her and she doesn't want any limelight whatsoever. Mm. And I'm like, you'll start get, and it's weird and it's- but Yeah, you know, I think Adam Rowe had to, do something like that. He had to address because his special. Yeah, he girl. said he yeah. he really reiterated in the special. Don't fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So yeah, and so the moment you start blurring those lines of your brand, mm -hmm. then it gets a bit. This is the thing. People, people like I just. Promote. It's really yeah. Like 
uh, the, the people like made that that was that there was that big list the other day. Someone made a graph of like who in comedy is going out with who and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Oh, that was fucking weird. It's just like I, I just I, f I think that like I'm very very grateful to have the um, I'm very grateful to have the followers I have who enjoy my stuff. It was really incredibly immensely gratifying to have a group of people who are delighted to see something that you make and and not just like something that you make but all the stuff i make i think is really funny mm, it's really and good i put one. a lot of work into it and i, I you know and when people like when people respond to it it's genuinely like you know when when me and paddy sold this show out like i was so happy because it's it's like that's that kind of thing's never happened to me before where we just announced that we're doing it and then the next day it's fucking sold out or whatever what it, it's a crazy feeling you know so it is nice but there are trade-offs with like how you yeah, just how. Yeah, you're quite a deep thinker, Ed. Like you're, you're like one of the deepest people I know. Thank you. Like in you terms of say that about me. Morpheus vibe. No, I've I've come to know you a bit better than I know Ed, and I can honestly say what a <laughs> fucking bad judge of character I am. <laughs> Boy, do I get things wrong. So don't take this as like you might. You don't want to hear this from me. I won't put it on the CV straight away. No, but, yeah, when we used to hang out less, you're like Michael. You're really deep. No, 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 of podcasting <laughs> and the innocuous shit that I have to listen to. But I do, I do think it's worth thinking about as well because it's like, um, like uh, especially after the, you know, me and Paddy have only been doing these videos and stuff. I only sort of invoked them so much purely because they've just done better than anything I've ever done like that. Um, we've only been doing them for the last few months, and like my my um, following is still relatively small, but it's like really ballooned for, yeah. for what I'm used to, and. Um, you know, like it's it's something I enjoy doing. It's something that's worth doing, but it's also if it's going to play such a big part in my the stability of my career going forward, you really do have to think about this stuff. You know, as young vets is what I'm going to call mm, them. Young vets. Um, why were we so slow to like do shit like online and stuff? Because it wasn't it wasn't the way forward when we started. No, it, it just was, wasn't. You, you, yeah, you, you had to. You had to. We were raised as like you go to a meeting with a production company. You mm. go to a meeting with a thing. The do-it-yourself thing was slightly coming in and it was looked down upon. I made this point on Jack Skipper's podcast the other day, right? Do you know who the first person I saw genuinely get cancelled in comedy who shouldn't have been cancelled was? Who? Dapper Laughs. Dapper Laughs got cancelled for the same thing that people pretend to be cancelled about nowadays, but genuinely... If Dapper Laughs got cancelled for what he got... For, did what he did then now, nobody would bat an eyelid. It was... He got cancelled... Remember, because someone filmed a gig. This is why he did, like people had a problem with his work. I can't remember anything about it. I can't he, remember one he thing. Did, he did some like funny vines and sketches and that. He was a guy who ran open mic nights. Well, we could debate whether they were funny So he vines. had some funny videos. He had some funny videos. And then he came like immense popular. And then it was all like, it was like someone outside of fucking trying to get you in a nightclub doing stand-up. Yeah. And then he, but he'd only, he'd barely done any gigs. Suddenly he's gigging in front of four or 500 people who would yeah. ever see him, who are all shouting his catchphrases at him, right? Yeah. Which is a nightmare of a position to be in. Uh-huh. Regardless of what you think, that's a fucking, you don't want that audience, but you want the money. Like you want, sure. and you also want the credit of I'm selling out gigs. Uh-huh. He then got recorded in a video doing a callback to something he did earlier that wasn't in the video, saying that a woman in a row was gagging for a rape. She laughed. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like he was doing a bit anti-rape, and then he said it. He, he, she laughed. Yeah. The video got put online of the minute bit, 
And everyone was like, you need to cancel him. And ITV2, who'd given him a TV show, were like, we're not renewing it for a second series because of this video, which isn't why they weren't renewing it. They weren't renewing it because the show wasn't doing well, and they, yeah. they threw him under the bus. I think that, the, the, I mean, like, I'm, I, I, I don't remember anything about it. Purely going on what you've told me. <laughs> all I, all <laughs> purely going off what you told me. I think that however it came about, you know, thank God that man's not gigging. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I, all I remember about Daft Palaz is that he was a fucking weird sexist and dog shit at comedy. Like, that's all I remember. Yeah, but like, uh, he, has, he, he has the right to be dog shit. And he has the right, he has the right to be dog shit and get better. Like he I'm has. Not, that, I'm not mourning the loss. No, no, but I'm saying like in in terms yeah. of, of in terms of this is the thing. If, if I'm gonna sit there and be like, I don't think certain people should get cancelled or right. whatever cancelling is, it's come this weird term now. I've got to defend him as well as I've got to defend my heroes. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I know what you're, and, you're getting and, at. And but... I was a cunt to him as well online because I saw all the other comics wanted to do it and I wanted to be mates with them. And then I found out they're just as fucking... A, a dapper laughs is probably less fucking gropey than some of the people online who were going after him. I get what like, you mean, but I do think that with somebody like Dapper Laughs, uh, in his case, he, he made his career off... Like I mean, it's not... Um, anything new in fact the, the kind of thing that he did uh like trajectory wise we've seen loads and loads where people start out online get really big and then get offered all this stuff like tv shows t live tours that they cannot convert on yeah, yeah it happens all the time but with somebody like dapper laughs who um i think specific i'm sorry i'm taking the shades off no 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 go ahead serious time, serious, serious time i think that um that he specifically um, he made like uh, he, he made his fame on Vine doing like lad culture kind of you know debatably tongue in cheek sexist stuff. But he also very crucially, as far as I remember, indulged in all the debate and backlash around it to the extreme. He did not just um, make his videos and then when people came out and said this is extremely disrespectful to women or whatever, go oh I'm really sorry. This is just the you know the type of humor I've. Um, you know, grown up with or whatever, he went out of his way to double down on the 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 cheeky chappy, like um, you know, I I know that I'm not supposed to be saying this stuff now, but I'm still going to say it. Wink, hey, wink. Hey, 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 let's not. But but also, hey man, I better, hey man, I can't mind the <laughs> But then, like going on the, t not just like in his routines, but going on TV to debate it on fucking Question yeah, Time in a turtleneck. Oh, that, well, yeah. that's when he did the apology, didn't it? I don't he, like, he, I, yeah, I just I just don't like his stuff. I don't like the ethos behind his stuff. I think he's a pretty slimy guy. The kind of um, I like, I can, I suppose, I, can, I, I the, the weird thing is that people are normally dog shit at comedy at an open mic night with two people when nobody's looking. They don't have their first ever gigs at the Clapham Grand. Do you know what I mean? Um, he tried to, he tried to, he tried to convert and he fucked it up. He broke his ankle. He broke his own ankles. I, I, no do you know what? I, yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Well made. But what I don't understand, I, as, I, as I was saying, uh, gagging for a rape, I did think, yeah, maybe. It sounds bad. It sounds really bad, Elliot. Maybe yeah. I should have. Maybe I should have thought before. Eight, eight years removed. It still sounds. It's yeah. not. It's not easy. Oh, yeah, I went. Do you know what? I think. I think. You know. Yeah, yeah. I can't be like, hey, it was post me too. Yeah. <laughs> it was pre me too. I would say. Like, I would say if I saw somebody do that, I would be quite shocked. Even in twenty, I would be like, okay. I saw. I saw a comic one uh -huh. time uh, not long ago do a bit where he asked someone where they were going the next day. They said the place they were going and he actually, and it's like, 
I get offended at things. Uh-huh. So he actually said the words, we're enjoying being gang raped by the locals. And I was like, fucking, fucking hell. That's, hell, that's so bad. Like, I was like, dude. How did like, that go in a room? Fucking slayed. That's all. <laughs> that's so grim. <laughs> like, I was, I was stood there at the back. Staggered. Yeah. yeah. Like staggered. But well, it, I've also been there many times before. I used to I used to talk to, to comedians who would be like, you know, funny's funny. Um when I was younger, people would be like, you know, funny's funny. If the room likes it, it's just funny. It doesn't matter about your like moralism or whatever. But then I actually started doing rooms and I'm like, these people are these people aren't they don't know what's going on. I've been I've done enough rooms where somebody's tried to like I remember doing one massive room where I saw loads of like really awful stuff slay and I was emceeing and a stag in a chicken costume got on stage and tried to punch me in the head and I was like actually I don't think maybe this guy's wrong about what's funny you're you're like a real life Peter Griffin bro yes yeah I got in a fight with a giant chicken yeah yeah yeah, on stage at the Cardiff Glee (laughs) yeah it was crazy I I couldn't imagine you emceeing the Cardiff Glee you're you're, I I love your style up you're a very clever deep thing your style comedy is very yeah. good i i wouldn't then go hey do you know who needs to mc cardiff yeah. glee oh mate yeah the, <laughs> none the, of us should be MC <laughs> club here's, here's the thing <laughs> here's the thing you're completely correct about that because <laughs> it was uh, i i remember i got that gig i only emceed the cardiff glee once i've done it bombing him a few times it was it had you know it went well and stuff but the cardiff glee i think i got the gig if not like on the day then the night before it was a saturday it was a uh, like a bank holiday weekend, and it was also the day of the Tottenham Liverpool Champions League final. Oh wow! Okay. Everybody in the room was watching the game on their phones on the table, and already fucking hammered. By the mm. time I got on there, it was like a, it was a war zone. Um, yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I just um, I I like I've I've seen some ridiculous stuff, I, especially I, sometimes when you go to a gig in like Europe and stuff, you'll see some of the maddest things you've ever seen in your life. They- they're imitating the American. Yes, and they yeah, think, yeah, yeah. And they think they uh, they've seen like Bill Burr. <coughs> they don't realise the skill he's harnessed over thirty years of doing sure. comedy. Yeah. And then they think I'll just go out and say something horrible about women or horrible mm. about race. And this, this is how I felt about Dapalot. Like you don't understand that the, the, I I don't think that there are things you can't uh, joke about because that's like everybody is different. Everybody has different experiences. I mean, I on a different level. I used to get this like. Um, when I was younger, I'd make a joke about something. I remember one particular, I had a routine in my like 2018 show about something or other. It was like a serious topic. Mm. And I had one group of people like um, during my show, it's like, like shouting out and really having a go at me about it, um, about how I thought it was appropriate to do stand up comedy about this. And I was like, this is, a, you know, this is a, about something that's happened to me. Mm. I'm not just like a, I'm not like a, like a, I'm not like um, a completely objective mm. observer of life. I'm not like a. Th- this stuff has happened to me as well, you know. Like that's why I'm talking about it. I think everybody is different. I don't think anything's impossible to joke about. But I do think that so many people who just aren't good enough get confused between, and that sounds harsh, but who aren't, who just aren't good enough at comedy get confused between saying, like, delicately or skillfully joking about taboo subjects and just saying awful bigoted things. Oh, you need you need you need that room to get it right, though. Yeah, yeah you I've, do. I've, I've, I'm with you know. I'm still I'm still 27. I'm still right. Yeah. So I'm young. Mm-hmm. I'm 
still gonna get things wrong and fall over yeah, that line. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but those figs. <laughs> <laughs> that fig sketch. I made it. Are you cross some lines. I, I, I feel like I feel like I feel this like this guy does fig sketches and he's here trying to talk about the big taboo issues. When I, when I, when I really <laughs> was getting in the cocktail. No, what? What I mean? The way he said. <laughs> have you have you ever gigged in like uh, in like I don't know like fucking Brussels or something or like mm. Amsterdam? Mm. Yeah, yeah. What what I don't mean like. I don't mean like coming out with the paper on like a new material night. Um, after you've like spent 10 years as a good yeah. comedian anyway, yeah. like uh, uh, you're like, you're good at comedy. You've like, you're trying to work out some material about like a hot button issue that mm. everybody's talking about. You're trying to work out what you want to say about it and how you want to phrase it. I mean, I'm talking about some like random cunt from the countryside in Belgium walking out for their first ever gig and saying, the the most insanely offensive thing you've yeah. ever heard with no punchline. Yeah, 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 just because yeah. they think that's what you know what I mean. I watched uh, an open mic one time. Listen, I, I love Belgium. Shout out <laughs> to all my Belgians out there. But I did have a Belgian comedian come up to me and my girlfriend, who are both by, and ask us if the LGBTs were ruining comedy in England as well. Oh, this but, is what I mean by this. <laughs> exactly. I was like, we're the wrong audience for this, my friend. But he's also that guy is. Uh, I'm going to assume is online too. That's like the thing when we talk about this stuff in comedy. It's like, or art. Sorry, I don't just want to say comedy because it, it just makes it very funny. But like I, the culture war shit in general is like people adopt it in the argument. Like mm. I hear people who aren't professional within the job we are in the stand-up yeah. complain about it. And it's like, no bro, that's not what's stopping you. You're at this stage where it's hard, where it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And you, you, yeah, you know, if you're gonna complain about diversity and stuff at a certain level, I might, I might hear you out of what you've got to say, but you're not at the level yet where you can complain like about certain things within the industry or about certain values that I have. And I, I, when I say I'll hear them out, I'll listen to their point. Sure. But like when it's like, bro, you're not doing all the clubs. Like you haven't got any right to fucking join in this argument. In my exactly in my subjective experience, uh, I, I mean, you know, when you you do comedy and stuff, or you tell somebody, that you I do love that comedy. you turn to him when you say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm, whatever you do is what yeah, you yeah, do. yeah, whatever I'm fucking weird shit you do. <laughs> I, you have to understand, I'm incredibly zonked in the head. I've I've been trying to count how many times I've turned to each of you to make sure it's equal for this whole recording. Um, that's cool. Have an OCD, my brother. <laughs> I, I'm playing with this sugar. <laughs> I fucking. Um, you know when like, you used to tell people you do comedy and people would say, like, oh, tell us a joke or something, mm. or tell you about a gig they went to that they liked. I have so many people, more people recently saying stuff like, oh, I heard you can't say anything anymore. You, and I'm like, no, that's not the case. Mm. Do I get any, as long, again, as long as you're not like, as long as you are, are p people aren't stupid. Do you know what I mean? People can tell when you are in good faith trying to engage with something, make people laugh in a non-harmful way, and speak again skillfully about a delicate issue versus when you are just being a bigot. People aren't dumb. People can tell. And like in my experience, everybody who complains about culture war shit, including this one Belgian guy. Listen, I don't know why I'm just I'm adding him so much on this podcast. The the people who complain about culture war stuff holding them back and the people who are dog shit at stand-up comedy, that Venn diagram is a complete circle. Yeah. Right, okay. Everybody I've ever everybody I've ever spoken to who has said this, this, this is happening, the culture, this, 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 has also fucking stank. They've been dark. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you're getting a lot of rich legends complaining about it. Maybe because they've got nothing else to talk about. 
I think I think it's. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about the rich legend. <laughs> I'm a rich legend. <laughs> Doing the feedback. Point, somebody thinking a rich legend. Yeah, yeah man. You got like Chappelle and mm. you know a few other comics. They they've been going on that lane of just like their special will be about responding to things people said about their last this special. Is yeah. This is it. Like, but the more you engage with it, the more you indulge in it and indulge yourself, the the the, the worse his stuff has become. Yeah. Well, it sucks. Like until he's releasing ten minute YouTube videos, they're just like like fucking unpassable rants about like myths about trans people yeah. with no jokes. Mm. Yeah. Maybe and, and loads of fucking cunts in MAGA hats in the crowd. You know what I mean? That's not the the I mean that's not the David Chappelle that we all grew up loving. Mm. They're, they're two different comics. I think here's my take on that. I think what happened I enjoyed all of his last specials, right? I think what he did was good, and I think what everyone has done as an imitation since has been bad, because I think they've seen it work for him. So then when you have like Ricky Gervais go, I'm gonna go do a special about trans people. It's like, okay, but Dave Chappelle has at least done the clubs for 40 fucking years and has some sense of how to pace and do a joke. Whereas you're just going on going, ha ha ha, trans people, isn't this funny? What, what, it, I, it's, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, you're not actually making, I think the bit in his special, The Closer, about his friend who was transsexual who killed themselves mm -hmm. was actually a very good poignant bit. And if if people had slightly, and you know, people don't, if people had slightly listened a bit more to it and people were allowed to have their opinions, I, I think that's actually a good routine. Well, well the, the, I didn't watch the most recent one. Um, but I did see a lot of people talking about it. Like I saw a lot of trans people talking about it, and I I need to check. But like um, I saw a lot of trans people like disputing his version of events about that really? trans person's death and stuff. And like it just it just it's just really strange. I don't. Th I think that yeah. I just think it's especially with the way things are for for groups like you're completely right about Gervais and stuff yeah. it's like someone who has like fucking cold soup between their ears who sees everything that's going on and just tries to like completely no critical thinking mm. jump on that wave while bandwagon yeah while, while with everything that's happening to trans people right now you know, I, I, I would say like you remember Chappelle's comeback specials in like 2016? Yeah, the know, first one. Know, right? so those ones were interesting in terms of, I saw that as a guy in his late 40s trying to figure it out for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't trying to be correct. He was just trying to say how he felt about it. And this whole, I know it was clunky, but comparing it to like black civil rights, like how are these guys getting rights before us? And I know it's kind of like erasing this bunch of black trans people. Mm -hmm. But I, I just felt that one was interesting to me in terms of this is a guy just trying to figure it out. I thought that was interesting to watch. And then later on, it's become just a feedback loop of just Yeah, exactly. This is this is the interesting thing that we were just talking about, right? So what happens is, it's kind of like Dapper Laughs. It's exactly the same thing as what happened to fucking Graham Linehan. Like, what happened the show. <laughs> friend of my friend of my stand up, so I borrowed that from Tim Dillon on the sure. that, but friend fan of my stand up, Grand big supporter of the podcast. He he hates you, don't he? You know when um it's so mad, I saw this thing a screenshot that someone posted from ten years ago the first time that someone was like, Hey Graham, this um you know, I'm trans and this IT crowd joke was transphobic or whatever and he goes, Oh, my bad, sorry, won't do it again, you know, it's just a one off joke, not, not precious to me and then but like it's the same thing with Chappelle. He goes up, he tries to work something out. Um and a few people go, hey, that's not really how it works. And instead of going, oh, fine, whatever. Like, um, like how different everything would be, you know, for him and whatever. And, and the, like the whole culture as well. If he just went, yeah, sure, fine. Instead of going, fuck you. Yeah. Here's now the next 10 years is all and about how it's all become all consuming. It's come two minute bit. 
to come 10 minute bit yeah exactly it's a whole special it's so it's fucking crazy like it's it's like see it's like what it's like in a video game when you've got two part like two decision trees that you can go down or whatever it's just mad thinking about what the how different the culture would be for for all sorts of different groups of people if like one or two people it's all it's like always every time mm. just something really innocuous like that i think that's the mark of you know, but to be, be able for people to say like, oh, you know, this, uh, maybe you're wrong or maybe not about this or whatever and go like, oh, fine. Whatever. Takes a lot of humility. Yeah, exactly. My bad. Exactly. But then I, I ask myself like, because sometimes I play the bigot and sometimes I do that. Mm -hmm. But like, I do like to do it in a way where it's like, I am fucking about. Right. Like, I'm not, like, it's kind of like, wouldn't it be funny if this was sure. my, my opinion? Like, how ridiculous would it be if this was my opinion? Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've like. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's quite bad? Are you um, trying to have your cake and eat it? I don't know. I think I think I'm probably young and enjoy being a bit of an asshole, and that's probably like what you like at 26. And then as you get older, you'll mature. I think. Like, I think it's just. I, I I don't think that you can be prescriptive about these things. I think it's on a like a, a routine by team, a routine by routine basis. I also think that there are some people where you can kind of preempt it a little bit and get a better idea of what something's going to be like based on just hearing about it first, just based on their track record. So for example, like if you hear nowadays in 2023, the phrase Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle was just put out another routine about trans mm. people. I kind of know what it's gonna be about mm. I, before I listen to it, do you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh fuck, okay, you know, it's, it's it, but but I think, like I said, there's no, there's no, um, I don't think that like, the irony is like, uh, I don't think that there is nothing that you can't joke about, but I also mm. just think um, that good comics pick their battles, you know? Yeah, like there's, cyclists. This, exactly, that's a good one. I fucking hate these cunts, man. Get, bro, did you, you wait till, don't say that, they Fuck will em. abuse you. Fuck them, man. Like, I don't care, like, I yeah, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, if I, four times a day, I'm crossing the street on a green man, and like a 50 year old guy who works for Deloitte in fucking Tour de France cosplay nearly kills me <laughs> by running through a yeah, red. But they, but they, but like, they have to deal with cars. Ah. No one did, talks did, about how cyclists treat cyclists, pedestrians. They think they are the underdogs of the yeah. road. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I just think, I don't think there's anything that anybody can't joke about. I think that like, it's really weird when, it's really weird when like, I've just always found it really strange when people are like, you know, when, when there's fucking some contentious thing about any routine that any comic does, and they're just like, I would always find it just easier to just go like, oh, fair enough. Like, I can write other good stuff. I know I can. I've got five hours of material. Yeah. Um, if this one new idea isn't like working for some people or some people say, maybe this doesn't come across. I mean, that happens all the time in comedy in all sorts of different ways. Like, I will do a new routine about, um, when I'm talking to my mates doing new material nights, I'll do a new routine about uh, fucking, I don't know, uh, uh, chairs and, uh, someone will go, actually, this doesn't come across the way you think it comes across and thus the routine doesn't really work. And I'll say, okay, I'll drop the chair bit. But when anyone, when it's when it's anything culture war, people just double down. People, oh, no, yeah, Nobody yeah, ever yeah. goes, oh, I'll drop that bit then because I can't articulate it or it doesn't work well enough. It's not getting enough laughs or whatever. It's, it just, it's weird. It depends, like, if it's an expert on chairs, yeah. I'd be like, all right, you know what? Maybe exactly, that's I the thing, yeah. But is it okay as well? Because this is always my side. Is, like, is it okay to be like, I'm in the wrong here? Or like I know I, this is just my opinion on something. So like a lot of the times with uh, quote unquote the cultural war stuff, I think it's quite funny to be like I, I don't really give a fuck. Like do you know what I mean? And be like, what, 
that's not a bad place to start, but I don't give a shit so, enough. So much of comedy at its base level is just adversarial, right? Like the the whole point of like so many great routines and great bits that people love throughout history are you taking um, a uh, a contrary stance about something and being ridiculous about it, right? And winning the audience around to your side. In the last maybe five or ten years, all of that has really been talked about in terms of you know, so-called culture war issues, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but it's right. not like it's 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 everything forever, and it always has been. It's like comedy's always been spoken comedy has always been about like saying naughty stuff or saying something that that is a bit like you wouldn't say it, and and sort of winning and people coming around to you. Like, I mean, it's not all, all what it's all about, obviously. But there's there's so much of comedy is like uh, is being a bit contrary because it's like to make people laugh, you have to subvert expectations. That's it. Like that's what a punchline is. You laugh. It's a it's a mechanical response when something doesn't go the way that that the, when you get relief from something not going the way you thought it was going. You know. So it's just there's so, there's a thousand micro like um, kind of um, subversions in every routine and in every hour of comedy. But uh, but but people are only really sort of talking about you know when fucking Ricky Gervais talks about some shit or whatever, you know. Do you, what, what would you say, because your, your dad's a stand-up comedian as well, yes. right? like, the same as, uh, same as mine, and uh, what, what have you inherited from him, mm -hmm. and what do you also, as the landscape has changed, look at him and be like, you don't know what you're talking about? Because um, do you get that you don't know what you're talking about moment if you ever talk comedy with your dad, when mm -hmm. you comment on stuff, because I have that with my dad all yeah. the time. I mean, I mean like, um, style-wise, not much, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I sort of, uh, what, I, what I got from him and my mum, because my mum's a stage manager yes, too. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone sleeps on my mum. Uh, no, that's don't, so that's weird. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. I don't want to touch that. Now, because everyone's like, oh, you're there, but it's in the industry. I'm like, no, my mum, you know, my mum. Uh, that was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, cut, cut that, cut that. No, um, it was my mum basically mainly th through whom I learned about comedy. One of the sort of advantages that you're afforded um, through having a parent in the same industry that you're in is that things just become, they seem so much more accessible to you. That's, that's right, what that's I've always said. You, so like, you know it's a viable career. Oh yeah, exactly. And and not just a viable career, but like I speak to so many people who are like, oh, how did you start stand up? I wouldn't even know how to start. Yeah. I've just known about the comedy circuit and that it's something anybody can do mm. at any time from like a young age because my mom used to take me to work. Mm. That's simple as. Like, I used to go to the Edinburgh Fringe when I was a kid because my mum couldn't leave me at home. And I just, my mum would take me to the Edinburgh Fringe and I'd yeah. go, like just, but um, I'd go to a fucking games workshop or something during the day, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, just mainly the, mainly the, um, the things are kind of different. My dad doesn't really do as much stand up these days. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I think mainly just like sort of general awareness, kind of um, that feeling of like, kind of uh, uh, accessibility, like the idea that it can be like a, in terms of like kind of more um, sort of harder to define stuff, like in terms of style and attitude changes across the years, I don't, I don't really have much because we don't really talk in a granular way about that stuff. Like my experience of when my dad did stand up when he was my age, he started when he was my age, but I've been doing it for about you know, just under 10 years or whatever. My my kind of view on what it was like for him only comes from you know like a handful of old black and white photographs that he showed me and a couple of stories he's told me about oh, yeah, yeah. gigs he's done. We'd mm. never talked about it in that in depth of a way. Like when I How was, comes? 
Just we just haven't. I mean, like uh, you've got something to talk about, whereas me and my dad don't. <laughs> it's that in Crystal Palace. No, yeah, it's just Palace, for me, man. No, um, it's just, just, just like my dad wasn't like not in a slam way or anything. My dad wasn't really like um, gigging when I was a kid. I didn't think of him as a comedian until I was older, mm. because he just wasn't gigging that much. He when I was born. He, he sort of started doing more like he does like a bit of football journalism mm. and stuff like that and that's mainly what i would consider him as being writing and stuff and that's what i would mainly consider him as growing up mm. um tangential to comedy sure but when like he's maybe done like you know um a, a, a few gigs it's not like he's on the circuit all the time it's not he's not touring and shit do you know what i mean so you guys ever seek your dad's approval I didn't oh, tell him. Oh. I didn't tell him when I started. Oh, you didn't tell him. Fucking no. as a, yeah, like obviously as any any comment does. But at the same time, like I now when I speak to my dad about stand up, he's so far removed from the circuit. He's so far removed from the industry mm. that he he does, a lot of the time he doesn't know what he's sort of talking about. Oh really? Yeah. He do, he'll be like, "Have you seen this thing Instagram?" Yeah. <laughs> like it's like oh, yeah mean? yeah yeah. I I'm aware of it. Oh right and and right if you do this and it, oh right and have you seen that they've blown up on Instagram? And I'm like yes. <laughs> and he can't fathom podcast that he doesn't quite understand right. what it is yeah. in terms of like numbers and you know because my Radio 4 show gets more than it. I'm like yeah because it's on Radio 4 yeah. and there's a finite amount of spaces whereas there's an infinite potentially you could have infinite number of podcasts realistically yeah, we, we, we do right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like in terms of industry it's quite frustrating to talk to someone who you're like uh, my life lesson from it is like right always keep an eye on the game and my girlfriend Darcy oh, right. made a very good point one time controversial comedian Louis C.K she's like what's always interesting about Louis C.K is he's always adapted to technology so he's always created something that is like you know he still uses Instagram he still uses Twitter when a new technology is out he's immediately on it He's immediately has an understanding of He's what it is. He's one of the first to really sell specials directly on his website. Yeah, and and that's like regardless of what yeah, people think yeah. of it, like that's like a very down the through the prison place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that uh, that sort of um, you know, and and that mm -hmm. I think as people get older, they struggle to see that, and also he doesn't have. Uh, yeah, I ju I just think as people get older, they get a bit more scared by the landscape and try to re and i see it with a lot of our they they, they mm -hmm. don't understand the landscape of things but I, I have to stop myself from falling in that trap just from being 10 years in i have to realize i'm not actually an old man mm -hmm. i'm 27 i'm this yeah, is, this is yeah, my young yeah this is our generation like, yeah look at these youngsters only four years in doing this I, and it's like but yeah, got, why not though i've, I've realized just we're talking and i think the most important thing i've learned it's from my mom and it's like um how to financially survive being a freelancer for 20 plus years 30 years that's the most important right thing. yeah how do you do that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, like, home, bro. <laughs> yeah. it's like that's stuff like that do you know what i mean like, yeah. i know it can be done she yeah. she works her ass off and stuff like that i think obviously there's like um like there's there's lots of other like sort of really minute ways that some of them you don't re even really realize the ways in which it it probably helps you to mm. to know somebody or be connected to somebody in the industry especially a close relationship like you know like a parent or whatever there are, I mean like you know I would meet people who um who like you know knew who my mum was because she'd stage managed a gig yeah. they'd done ten years ago or whatever 
when they met me. And it creates like a personal relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that, kind of, that, that I, really helps. I feel weird about it, though, because of, because it's not like, um, you know, like, it, it, it's not like, you, um, it's, it's kind of like, how do you know my mom? Do you know mm. what I mean? You freak. What yeah, are you about? I know. I know what you mean. But go away. It's it's weird that we're not really thrown much into the nepo baby conversation. I don't know what that says about I'm under, under, under the radar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah throw us in next time but, they have it. But but we're quite open about it. Mm -hmm. Like we're not. You know, sure. there's other people, and it's our parents were comics or, or comics and stage managers and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's people you know in comedy, and they create good stuff. But then it turns out their parents are like a massive producer or owns a media company, sure. and you're like, oh, that's a very different kind of. They, they never mention it. This is the most yeah. Nepo baby thing ever is why you're not the worst kind of Nepo baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, I've always been open about sure. it. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, like... I, there's no point lying. I've been offered opportuni like, opportunities to work um, specifically because of who my dad is. Yeah. And I've turned them down every time. Oh, right. I, I'll take them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, but for me, I just, like... I have so much uh, career anxiety about, like... Um, uh, just about, like, myself and stuff. Mm. I just don't want to encourage it. Right, I let's, also don't let's, let's get into the philosophy of this, right? What yeah. is wrong with taking opportunities that your parents worked hard so you could have opportunities. Absolutely. That's the whole point of them. Absolutely nothing wrong Are with you it. not spitting in the face of working class people by not taking opportunities, people less opportunities? No, no, so, so I'll give you an example of one of the ones that, um, uh, one of the ones that I'm talking about. There was a TV show where you had to go on in uh, pairs, right? Mm -hmm. I auditioned for it because a good friend of mine who was more well-known than me asked for me to be in her pair and we auditioned for it. She got on the show. And the producer said to me, we really like you, but you're not big enough. Mm. Um, but we've, we heard your dad is a comedian and stuff, so you can come on if you come on together. I see. Yeah. I'd, so I'd, the, it's not like, it's not like, um, it wasn't like, uh, it's like, you know, come work at dad's company, he's worked really hard and he wants mm. to give you a leg up. It was like, neither of us would have been able to do it on my own. Right. They only wanted to be able to sell a story for the show. And my I, dad, as well to be fair, didn't want that. He was like, I haven't got this myself. That's, this is embarrassing to, mm. to be only on a show that my son's got me on. You know? both, both me and my dad did roast battles. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was roast battle, sorry. <laughs> it was roast battle. Yeah, sorry. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I, don't, I didn't want you to think that I was like slagging you off directly. Yeah, I didn't want you to think I was slagging you directly. How much? Yeah. Father! That was the hardest Father. thing. That was the hardest thing. Father, they want, to, they want us to call each other cunts on television. Yeah. The hardest thing was I found out how much money it was after I turned it down. Oh, yeah, no, that paid off my fringe. I'd like, to, I'd, like to, I'd like to be able to say that I was like really, like, you know, that I was really like, um, uh, you know, like noble and, and like found out even though I knew how much money it was, I turned it down. But I was like, oh man, me, we me, really needed that money. But to be fair, me and my dad didn't, well, neither of us auditioned for it. We were on the first season of that yeah. when it wasn't auditions. They just got people in pairs. Uh -huh. If you actually look at some of the pairings of that, it's not who's friends, it's who's been on panel shows with each other. Right. Um, a lot of it. And the first season was incredible because you go in for this meeting with them with your jokes mm -hmm. and you think they're going to look for your jokes and go, no, absolutely not. And they were like, can we find a way to make this 10 times worse? Mm -hmm. And it, it was like, yeah. It's weird, yeah. It's weird, but it was a lot of fun. It was, it was actually a really fun, cool experience to do with my dad. It was one of, one of the favorite things I've done in this uh, in this job. It was Bonding. Yeah, it was cool. And then you're, uh, you're there and there's like all these jokes. It's, it's fucking cool. And then... 
it kind of, I did a couple of the live shows when they were doing it and mm -hmm. they, it, it was one of those things where it came too successful for what it was. And then suddenly Comedy Central were like, can you not joke about it? AIDS because mm. the Viacom who I think it's Viacom who it's Viacom, Viacom, yeah. Comedy Central are patrons. They created. Yeah, are patrons of a of a HIV charity. Oh, yeah. So it looks really bad on them. But then it's like you can joke about cancer because they're not paying that to that. So fuck that. Yeah. Thing. And that and that's when something like that falls apart because you're like, well, the whole point of it no, is, Peter, you, yeah. is you, you, you've got to go after everything mm -hmm. here. And so yeah. then it, it, it sort of fell apart a little bit, which was a shame because that was when Comedy Central looked like they were going to do some really cool stuff. Do bits in this yeah, country, yeah, and then now they just post Friends gifts. Well, I think... The, the, the How did you not bag a travel show with your dad? So, man, you well, uh, we got offered one. Yeah? Really? We, we, we were in a... They gave we us a Jack White we one. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, we were we went for several meetings. It got it got to, like, filming test the stage. Uh -huh. And I didn't want to do it, nor did my dad, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Why not? Because... Because it was nothing neither of us wanted to do, and we thought it was after Romesh did his. Mm -hmm. and it's not really comedy related either. It's not really comedy related. Romesh did Asian Provocateur, and it was like a huge success. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was like, "We need to do a show featuring comedians and their parents." Mm -hmm. Whereas him and his mum's relationship actually seemed quite genuine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were like, "Right." And so we went for this meeting, and they wanted us to go like deep into the fucking Amazonian jungle. Bro, they basically wanted us to do Heart of Darkness. Like they right. wanted us to uh, fucking go into the jungle. And I was going like, look, I I'm not going into the fucking middle of the Amazon. Sure. I want to go briefer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, well, the thing was the show was meant to be based on like- Yeah, things. I want to go to fucking manual way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the things people wanted to do was like based on on uh, on us like and manhood. And then, uh, so it was like one of them, we had to go fucking stick our hand in these gauntlet of fire ants in like the Amazon. And we were like, uh -huh. we're not going to do Masculinity. that. Masculinity. Yeah, 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 but yeah. then but then the whole time we were like doing it, me and my dad were going, we're going to another meeting. Because, you can't remember, I was like three years into my career. I was making fuck all money, man. And if someone sure. went to me like, here's 40 grand and you've just got to walk around with your dad. Absolutely. Man, I'd have fucking done it. Yeah. I'd probably, I wouldn't do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I have enough sort of like you have like sure. self-respect to be like, I think this is a shit idea and we're mm -hmm. just copying everyone else. Right. Uh, but uh, at that point in my career, man, you offer me 40k to walk around and do that. Fucking yeah. I'd, I'd have done it. I mean, this is the, when, when I was young, I, I remember it being in and I was sort of, I did one in a couple of competitions and stuff like that, like the open mic stuff. And when I started talking to people like production companies and PRs and stuff, they were like, it's. You should rinse. You should rinse this relationship between you and your dad. I didn't really feel like it because I, let, you know, I think he's he's great, but it's not like um, it's it's he wasn't really like present in the. Mm. And I feel I feel grubby like doing it. Mm. Um, I I know that there are um, incontrovertibly advantages that have probably been afforded to me. Like I said, ones that I don't even realize I have sometimes mm. through having parents in the industry. But I also feel like um, you can kind of uh, so much of. Uh, this industry at the moment is down to proximity and luck and 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 geographical proximity as well me and my girlfriend talked about uh, moving out of london during the pandemic and i said uh, you know good in theory but in reality it would completely fuck my career career suicide um, yeah. yeah uh like uh, and also stuff like i see my career quite um holistically as well i think there's lots that yet to be done i think there are lots of things that have gone my way um not because i've got parents in the industry and there are lots of things that have gone my man. way despite yeah. it but also stuff like 
sometimes I haven't grafted. Like um, the video with Paddy, we knocked off a, a 90 second video um, in his uh, in his living room over the course of an afternoon in December, and it's been by far away the most useful thing for my career. Mm. But uh, like people who I spent three Edinburgh festivals trying to get into my show to see me were DMing me themselves on Instagram after that video. Wow, you know, but like, and it was pure luck that it caught the algorithm. Um, and but you make your own luck. This you one decided made, yeah. to do it. Like yeah, it, sure. you know, it, you it, bought that tripod. And yeah, yeah, I don't, I see that that you know that it's not like uh, I do comedy for eight nine years and then I get lucky. It's yeah. like it all, it all exists because of, of of everything, you know. And do you ever see it as like, thank God you've done it for that eight nine years to then get yeah. to a level of success where you can back it up? Whereas you could end up if that happened two years in, you can easily end up in Dapper Laugh situation. Yeah, I just that, don't. I don't. Yeah, I feel not the same. Line that he would have used. It's very difficult to imagine your life having gone any other way. I feel yeah. in general, you know, I, I see my, I sort of don't really see my career as separate from the rest of my life. And I think yeah. I, in general, you know, I live in, I live in Britain in the 21st century. I've, uh, I've lived a pretty charmed life, and um, some bad stuff has happened, but bad stuff happens to everybody, you know. And I just uh, keep my head down and. And and thank God and myself for all my success, and, and keep trying to get some more. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> in my head. In my head, one sec, hang on. In my head, I'm 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 many things, but 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 above all, I'm a bank securer. <laughs> <laughs> um, he landed. At, he landed. <laughs> at all times, that's what my mind is on. Um, I think deeply about how to get the bag. How obsessed hmm? are you guys genuinely with money? Very. Oh, very. Uh, yeah. Especially I, since I, the pandemic. Yeah, I wanna make, I've, I've been fucking broke before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not like yeah. starving. I'm not going to die on the street. But I would like some comforts in life. Yeah. I would like, also like, I fucking put a lot, like you had, uh, I come from a thing, I've, I've put time and effort into this job and I want to see some sort of financial reward of security. Yeah. I also want to treat the people who've stood by yeah. me through all of this to some sort of thing to show that it's been worthwhile i just need 200 mil man okay if i make bro i need to do a lot more with my dad <laughs> <laughs> I like we gotta start only fans <laughs> you know like when breaking bad water white he was like all i need is 752 thousand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and then he had like 80 mil in I think it's, that's gonna be like me. I, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be me for real. Um, <laughs> I think it's no. I think it's just like I also know that during the pandemic, not only did all the money go away, but like loads of other really big stuff happened that kind of makes you realize that like mm, your career got taken away, man. Your career got taken away. There was like family stuff, and you kind of go like um, it would just be nice to for everything bad and good that happens to be able to happen with comfort. Yes. I think we're in a very lucky position that we we were even like. We're staring that down, you know. We can, we're chasing it. But it's one forty-five cool. on a Monday. Where I'm so, odds, I'm, bro. I'm lucky. Yeah, we're lucky dudes, man. In a, in a different life, I would be on my lunch break a job I, I despised right now, mm. and that has been me in the past many Same. times. You know, so yeah, it's just about. I, I think about money a lot more than, um, like, a lot. Um, yeah, for me, like the money, like you said, it relates to comfort. Mm -hmm. It relates to be able to you know, give myself and family members breathing space. Sure. You know what I mean? So once I get that 200 mil, I think. <laughs> How much is the black tax taken of that 200? Boy, the thing the thing about black tax is the more people know you have, the more they need. Do you know what I mean? So like, let's say I have a cousin who, who wants a mixtape off the ground. Now he needs a studio with 24-7 air conditioning and boiling what? guards up. 
You never heard of the black tack? No, I have. I saw the clip from your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but like, that's the thing. <laughs> so you were educating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, the more you have, the more that they need from you and the more that everyone feels entitled to. What point? What point do you reckon you'd be called a, a traitor, like Chris Rock's being called? Ooh, well, in terms of financially, in terms of like like uh, appeasing appeasing the white man. No, but it don't have to be that way. Oh, I, mean? I thought that's what like every that happens all the someone gets to a certain level and then they're like you know like famous people probably only hang out with famous people because you've got a level of which that you understand the craziness of your in. You can always give back. Look at Mo Gilligan, man. Just yeah, mm. from 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 day dot. Mm-hmm. He was given back, you know. He did a documentary, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. He did Black British Takeover. Mo was the first one that I remember, like really, like he was the trailblazer as in, as oh, far as I'm concerned when it comes to the to like making your own career. And him, stuff. Paul, him, Paul Smith, uh-huh. uh, Dapper Laughs. I think. Uh, <laughs> don't forget <laughs> Fred, Fred, Smash, Fred, and Smash. If there's a Mount Rushmore of comedy, Dapper Laughs has to be on it. What? Whether you like it or not. What? <laughs> Have you heard of Stephen Tries? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, I, he was in my Sony Funny Final. I, he's funny. He was in my Sony Funny Final. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. He was 16 years old. He was he was at doing the comedy gigs. store. He was I there was doing the gigs, bro. Store. And I was like, oh man, you're really good, man. It's like, yeah, I might not do this for too long. I'm doing YouTube. I'm like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, I remember him. I remember watching him rip. Oh, so you think you finally find? I really liked him. Like, it was the only day I met the kid. Oh, it's kid. He's our age. But like, it was the only day I met the guy. It was at this one gig we did together. He seemed really nice. We got on, you know, similar age and all that. He rips the gig. Talks about how he's gonna do YouTube and stuff. I'm like, yeah, great, mate. More fucking yeah. open spots for me. More 130 pound not this paid on time. Fucking for me. guy. This guy. I was I was doing open spots at Jonglers Portsmouth while he was fucking top of the podcast charts and <laughs> 10 trillion views on YouTube. I also think that the difficult thing with money. Just one last thing is that being in an industry where you're you're acutely aware that um you are kind of the you're acutely aware of where your bread is buttered because by and large you're the person buttering it mm. um also being aware that your income uh, its size and its stability is contingent on how uh, famous you are how early on um you know talking about getting tv shows commissioned people you know the the the, the wage people are getting is directly tied with how famous they already are and the opportunities they're getting is yeah. is tied with that too it's really hard to like I'm thinking not just about money, but the things that get you money at all times, because it, it feels like I'm I'm uh, failing and letting myself down if I'm not constantly hustling, yeah, which is something I'm always very aware of that I shouldn't. I, the shouldn't true bag is is the bag that you get when you're sleeping. Listen, and it's the money's just generating. The true bag is the mental bag. Hey, listen. Okay. Don't chase the bag. Let the bag chase you. Mm-hmm. They say. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Thank you for having it's been me. A lot of fun, man. This was actually quite insightful. Usually, you don't say actually because it makes sound you weren't expecting it to me. So I, I, I never know. Me. I never know. No, I, I would expect you to be. I just, don't, I'm, I'm surprised at ourselves. And yeah, we did. There we go. Mm-hmm. We. This has been B Tech Philosophers. Thank you for having um, me. Sign up to the Patreon for a very different episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a very, yeah, very different. The end of that. If you. <laughs> yeah, the end of it. <laughs> Good. Probably finish that story. Another yeah, time. we need yeah. to. We will finish that story <laughs> on the Patreon rather than wrapping it up very quickly. What would you like to promote? Uh, Slam Country Podcast. Bomb. Podcast. Very, Me, 
Sanu and, and huge. Some very funny comedians, and that's gonna be that's gonna be like a massive. That's gonna be a huge podcast. That's also very cult, I think. Thanks. That's I'm really looking forward funny. to when we're really famous from it. Yeah. Basically, we read out fan dirty fan fiction that we find on Wattpad and archive of our own in the internet what? and stuff. Episode four, I was in tears at when you <laughs> call a witch doctor. Oh yeah, we called a witch doctor live on the podcast because huge, huge has shingles, <laughs> and he also has insomnia. But his ex girlfriend is also a witch. So we were like, we think he's might he might be cursed. Anyway, we called up this witch doctor and he was clearly like in his car. So you could hear like horns honking in the background and he was like, that's going to be 500 pounds to feel your singles. <laughs> he's like honking the horn. Yeah, he's like doing a weekly shop. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. It was so good. Um, so Slime Country. Yeah, Slime Country podcast. Check that out. Uh, I will be posting my Edinburgh Fringe show will be on sale Ooh, nice. soon. You going up? No. Uh, yeah. And we will also have a we have a live show. We can't announce it yet because some guy on an email told me not to. Not so even, the second week in a row we've announced. Not even not even mention it. But it's fucking. It, it, look, it's in November. All right. It's on. Do you smoke cigarettes? Yeah, I'd, I'd love one. Yeah, uh, November. Oh, no, I'm just going. November seventh. We can't put the tickets November. out yet. But we'll fucking. What's he gonna do? Uh, what's he gonna do? Take it away? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Okay. Forget I said that. This has been B Tech Philosophers. Next week, guys. Bonsoir. Wow.